Your heart is gold, and your hands are cold. Part 4 of the Spring Doves series, a Moomin Troll fan fiction, written by Taizy and read by God of Laundry Baskets. It is rated teen and up with no pairings. Chapter 1 I've had all manner of strange guests in the Moomin house, but this one is perhaps the strangest so far. She showed up out of nowhere, drowning in a long, traveling cloak that must be three sizes too big, standing there on the front stoop like a great flightless bird. She doesn't give her name when asked, and doesn't come inside when Moomin stands back to let her through, and... Moomin isn't sure what to do after that. He's a good host, he likes to think, but he's never had someone outright refuse his hospitality before. He waffles for a moment and then turns to his parents for help. Moomin Mama comes to the rescue, ushering the strange creature inside with the kind of self-assurance that comes from so many years of maintaining peace in their very big and disorderly family. Well, no reason not to be polite, Mama says kindly, leading the guest into the dining room. Please come in out of that dreadful weather. We were just about to sit down for dinner, and we'd love to have you join us. The creature does look like she's seen some hard times. Her clothes are muddy and torn, and her long hair is a frightful mess, hanging down her back and over one shoulder, but her eyes are alarmingly bright, as bright as Snufkin's when the light hits his face just right and reflects back across his pupils. The guest's eyes are bright like that all on their own, a pretty, unsettling blue. It's a little at odds with the rest of her, all earthen tones, brown fur and hair and skin, and little branch-like antlers sticking out of the top of her head. She studies them silently, offering nothing, little more than a vaguely person-shaped figure in their house. But Moomin is a polite child, and has no reason not to set an extra place for her at their table, and introduce himself and his parents. Moomin thinks maybe she's just a little frightened to be among people she doesn't know. So Moomin goes on to describe Little Mai and Sniff and Snorkel Maiden, all of them at their own houses for the evening, hoping to make her feel more at home. She perks up a little more with every name, so he must be on the right track. Papa is leaning outside to light the lamp on the porch, in case anyone else might come seeking shelter from the rain, and says, Ah, Moomin, look who it is. His tone is warm and amused, which means it must be someone good. Hopes high, Moomin dashes to the door and is rewarded right away by the familiar sight of Snufkin coming up the path from the bridge. Oh, it's Snufkin! Moomin hops in place and adds for the guest's benefit. You must meet him. He's my very best friend. The creature at the table grins with all her teeth. I can hardly wait. Snufkin never takes off his shoes or his hat when he comes inside, but he makes himself at home in his own way. 
His expression is fond as he greets the Moomins, as gentle as Moomin has ever seen it. And it's so wonderful to see him that Moomin can barely stand it, even though he saw him just a few hours ago. Snufkin's gaze slides past Moomin and lingers on their guest, pupils dilating in the low light until they're big and round and swallow up all the brown in his eyes. Won't you introduce yourself to me? The guest asks politely. Snufkin smiles. Now, that would be a foolish thing, wouldn't it? Sometimes people from outside the valley take offense to the short, plain way Snufkin speaks. Moomin tenses a little bit, never in the mood to hear someone call Snufkin rude. He's actually very kind and thoughtful, and any of Moomin's friends and neighbors would say the same thing. That's just how he talks. If he truly was being rude, it would be a spectacle. One can tell the difference right away. But he needn't have worried. The guest looks delighted by the reply, sitting forward in her chair. I have the names of all your friends. I could do anything with one of those. You're a guest in their house, Snufkin points out, mild as milk. They invited you in out of the rain and gave you a warm meal. I'm sure you recognize a favor when it's owed. Now, Snufkin, Moomin Mama admonishes gently, guiding him to his seat at the dinner table. If a person needs a place to stay, they can always find it here. Let's forget this talk of favors and get you something to eat. There's really no arguing with her. Not even little Mai will try it, and she's happy to argue with anyone about anything. Snufkin who saves all his ire for things like park keepers and public fences, and seems to have a particular soft spot for Moomins in general, doesn't stand a chance. Yes, Mama, he concedes easily, and joins the guest and Papa at the table without another word. Oh, but he's right, the guest sighs. I could hardly curse any of you after you've been so kind. Curse? Moomin asks, sinking into the seat at Snufkin's side. Why would you want to do that? Well, it's been a while, she says with a shrug. It's good to keep in practice, don't you think? That's true, Papa agrees. He seems remarkably unbothered. When one has a hobby, one should polish it at every opportunity. There are a few curses in Grandma's recipe book, Moomin Troll. They come in handy now and then. Privately, Moomin thinks that little hedgewitch curses against vegetable mold and fruit flies aren't quite the same thing as what their guest is talking about. But Snufkin doesn't speak up, sipping calmly from a teacup as though they're talking about something as ordinary as the swimming patterns of a new school of fish. So Moomin doesn't either. Instead, he leans over, hoping to catch Snufkin's eye past his bramble-like hair and the wide brim of his floppy hat. It's so simple for Snufkin to hide, even when they're sitting right next to each other. But Moomin isn't deterred so easily. One can't be, if one wants to get to the heart of things with a strong-willed mermic. You'd go in circles all day, and nothing would get done. It's a tricky line to tell, because Snufkin will get annoyed if he feels bothered. On the other hand, he needs a lot of convincing to air his worries.
Moomin thinks he manages well enough most of the time. It's going to storm all night, Snuff, he says eagerly. Mama says it might keep up for a few days. You'll stay with us, won't you? He's got about a dozen half-formed pleas and arguments lined up, but tonight's victory comes easily. Snufkin smiles into his teacup, and his eyes slide sidelong to Moomin's. If it's no trouble, he says, which means yes, and Moomin throws his hands up with a glad cheer. Oh, wonderful! I'll tell Mama. She'll make your favorite rice porridge pies for breakfast in the morning. Just you wait and see. He hurries into the kitchen to share the good news, hopping from foot to foot. Mama looks up from the dishwasher to favor him with a gentle smile, wiping the soap suds from her hands. Well done, Moomin Troll, she says playfully, and pats him on the cheek. We'll take care of that stubborn snuffkin if it's the last thing we do. Can you take this fresh tea along with you to the table, please? Moomin carries the tray back with him carefully and pauses in the door. Papa has gone, probably to his office upstairs, to finish work on his latest novel, and only Snufkin and the stranger are left at the table. Snufkin, sitting very stiffly in his seat, his shoulders squared and his teacup frozen halfway to his mouth, and their guest is laughing quietly at him. It's not a very nice laugh. Snufkin usually takes thoughtless remarks in stride, and Moomin has seen him brush off Stinky at his very worst, the way a duck brushes water off its back. So Moomin can only imagine what he must have heard to put a look like that on his face. Bristling, Moomin stomps the rest of the way over and has to work very hard not to slam the tray on the table. Snufkin jumps a bit in surprise at the careless clatter of Mama's best dishware. The guest doesn't startle at all. Tea, Moomin announces impolitely. Please help yourself, he adds, manners kicking in despite himself. Snuff, are you finished? Snuffkin blinks once, as though Moomin has become unfamiliar to him in the last handful of seconds, but right away his expression clears. He scoots away from the table and joins Moomin on the other side, leaving an untouched dinner plate behind. Come help me pack up my camp, he says. Moomin nods quickly, sour mood lightning at the prospect of a little trip with just the two of them. He remembers the rain as they start towards the door. I'll go get an umbrella, Moomin says. Wait for me. Moomin hurries out of the room and towards the closet where the coats and bags and things are kept. Usually only the guests use it regularly but Mama keeps useful things in there for the family to borrow at times like this, and he spots the familiar handle of Papa's big umbrella right away. He closes the door and turns around and comes face to face with the guest. This is the most fun I've had in days, she says. He hadn't heard her coming, even though the floorboards all creak in this spot. She's leaning against the wall like she's been there for a long while, which is impossible, since it only took Moomin a few seconds to find the umbrella. In fact, she looks as perfectly still as a statue, not a hair or thread out of place. Her mouth doesn't even seem to be moving, but that doesn't discourage her from adding, Your friend is a bit protective, isn't he? 
feeling a bit protective himself, Moomin forgets all about her strangeness and says, He's whatever he needs to be. It's not always easy being on your own, you know. She tilts her head at that, some of her perpetual mirth shifting into puzzlement. Is he always on his own? Well, no, Moomin admits. Not always. Not when he's here. But he's not here all the time. What do you like him to be? There's a spark of interest in her eyes now. That's a complicated question. Moomin shifts on his feet, looking past her into the room where Snufkin is waiting, and longs to be through with this conversation and running back to him. If she notices his distraction, she doesn't pay it any mind, waiting implacably for an answer. So Moomin says, Of course I would, but it's impossible. Asking him to stay all the time would be like asking little birds not to fly when their wing feathers grow in. They have to fly. What would a bird be if it didn't? And Snufkin has to travel. He has to see the world and write songs about it and wander until the hunger in his heart is finally satisfied. When he doesn't, when he stays longer than he should because of a storm or his friends pleading or, on one unfortunate occasion, a twisted knee, it's like watching the light go out of him. Moomin hates to see him miserable, even more than he hates to see him leave. He hasn't asked Snufkin to stay with them over winter in years. A bird is a bird, and a Snufkin is a Snufkin, Moomin says, with all the certainty he can muster. I figured that out for myself by now. The guest looks at him for what feels like a long time. Then she smiles, and it looks more genuine than all the rest of her expressions. He's lucky to have a friend like you. Oh no, Moomin argues right away. If anyone's lucky, it's me. Moomin? Snufkin is in the doorway, peering at him. Who are you talking to? The spot where the guests have been standing is empty which is a dizzying thing to realize because Moomin had been looking at her until Snufkin called his name. His friend approaches quickly, a look of concern on his face, and Moomin says, It's okay. I was talking to the guest, but she must have left when you came. Snufkin's frown deepens. She left already. I walked her out the door myself. Stranger still. Maybe she used some of that magic of hers to be in two places at once, he reasons, falling into step with Snufkin. They head out the front door, since it's right there, and Snufkin tugs it shut behind them as Moomin pops open the umbrella. For Murmuric, Snufkin is surprisingly indifferent about getting wet, but Moomin would really prefer to keep dry, so they cluster under it together and make their way towards the river. You didn't have to walk her out, Snuff. I know the two of you didn't get along. Moomin can't help adding. If Mama had seen how she was upsetting you, she wouldn't have let her stay as long as she did. It's all right, Snuffkin says. Sometimes he says it like a pull-string doll, the words coming out because the shape of them is comforting, even when they're a lie. Moomin thinks of Snuffkin's uneaten dinner and isn't fooled. I wanted to have the chance to talk to her anyway. About what? 
about a deal, Snufkin says easily. They like deals, you know. I met one of her sisters on my journey and traded her a song for safe travel. Moomin opens his mouth to ask about that story because it sounds magical and exciting, but he catches himself. You made a deal with the guest? I only wanted to remind her of what we agreed on, that she's not to harm anyone in the Moomin family. She and her kin aren't evil creatures. They're not even mean all of the time. I just don't see right and wrong in the same way most others do. It would be wrong if she hurt any of you. Any of us, Moomin corrects by route, comforted by his friend's good sense. Snufkin looks a little surprised for a moment, before it washes away into his usual peaceable smile, and the only sound between them for the rest of the walk is the drumming of the rain on the umbrella and the grass and the surface of the river. Packing up a campsite in the rain isn't easy work, and Moomin is clumsy at it even on a good day, but between the two of them, they manage. They're soaked by the time they dump everything on the veranda, and Mama laughs at them in a kindly way as she ushers them back inside. Tea and baths before bed, or you'll catch cold, she says, lifting Snufkin's sodden hat off his head. Leave your wet things out here for me, and I'll have them laundered for you in the morning. Go on, scoot. They scoot, trailing wet footprints behind them. They take turns cleaning up in the bathroom and drink sweet tea that's just on the right side of burning and pile into Moomin's bed with an air of accomplishment. Porridge for? For breakfast, Moomin reminds his friend, but the words get swallowed up in a yawn. He whines, embarrassed. I'm not even tired yet. I want to hear the story about the song you gave away. Snufkin laughs quietly from those few inches away, cheek pressed to the pillow, hair a haphazard mess, all ruffled fur and the scent of Moomin's soap and one of Papa's nightshirts that is much too big for him. I was playing our song as I walked, because it lifts my spirits. A fairy came down from the trees and said she'd been planning a nasty surprise for me, but she liked my music so much, she'd agree to let me go if I gave her the song. Not that one, Moomin gasps, sitting upright. You didn't give her all small bees should have bows in their tails. Tell me you didn't. Of course I didn't, Snufkin says peacefully, making Moomin feel silly for his upset. I told her that it wasn't mine to give. I wrote it for you, after all, which makes that true. They can tell when you give them a lie, so one must be careful. She was satisfied when I played her one of the new tunes I was working on for the spring and let me pass. You know so much about everything, Snufkin, Newman says, feeling a little odd. It's no wonder why you leave us every year. There are amazing things waiting for you out there. A pause. Snufkin hesitates, which is very unlike him. He usually says exactly what he's thinking. Slowly, carefully, he says, There are amazing things waiting for me here, too. That's why I always come back. Newman lays there looking at him, 
and feels very warm, like someone poured a cup of that sweet tea into his heart on just the right side of burning. It's absurdly comfortable, and Moomin is absurdly happy. Snufkin looks back at him with serious eyes, reaching across the tiny space between them to touch Moomin's face with gentle fingers. I'll always come back, he says, like it's a promise. Of course you will, Moomin agrees and wrestles with another yawn. Snufkin's serious countenance falls away into that crooked smile Moomin loves so much, and his touch falls away from Moomin's face. Moomin feels strangely bereft as it goes. Good night, Moomin troll, Snufkin whispers fondly. The room is dark and warm and cozy, and Snufkin is there, smiling so sweetly, and it's an easy matter for Moomin to fall asleep. He wakes up in the very early hours of the morning, gray dawn filling his room from the window. The first thing he notices is that the space beside him where Snufkin spent the night is empty. His harmonica is on the nightstand where he left it, but Snufkin himself is gone. Sleep is still clinging to him with both its hands, so Moomin doesn't react to his missing friend with panic the way he might have when he was fully aware. Instead, he slips out of his bed and circles around to the window, hefting himself up onto the ledge and peering out. Fields are still heavy with morning fog and puddle from last night's heavy rain, but the faint, pale light of daybreak is enough for Moomin to make out two distinct figures standing up by the bridge. One is the guest from dinner last night, and one is Moomin's favorite murmuric, still clad in Papa's nightshirt. He wonders what on earth they're doing out there, awake even before the sun has had a chance to stretch. As if sensing his eyes, the shorter of the two figures turns. He's much too far away for Moomin to make out his expression and Moomin's little window is probably much too far away for Snufkin to see him properly, if at all. But Snufkin lifts a hand anyway, high above his head, as if to reassure, I'm still here. Moomin would push open the window to wave back, but Snufkin is already turning away. That's all right. Moomin will sit and wait for him, and they'll go back to bed together and sleep until breakfast. It's a good plan and he sits in the window nook to see it through. That's still very early. Moomin is very sleepy, and between one blink and the next, he dozes off again. And Snufkin doesn't come back. End of chapter one.